Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Hour number three of our program. Probably help if I turn the microphone up a little bit. Welcome back. I'm Bill Shanks here at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum where we are, of course, getting ready for the big events coming up tonight and tomorrow and uh, can't wait. We hope to have Brian McCann on, uh, but, again, he's trying to get down from Atlanta. So, if not, Brian will come on with us uh, at some point, of, of course, and We'll we'll try to get him on for an hour one day when he's not playing golf, which is hard to do. But we'll we may just do a long form show with O'Brien and talk to him and have fun with him. And uh, but he's going to be here, and we we look forward to that. Of course, we'll take phone calls here in this hour four seven eight six four six ESPN. We'd love to hear your thoughts uh, about the interview with Paul Johnson, and we appreciate Coach Paul Johnson with his time. Very, very much. He was great. It was a lot of fun. We could have been here. He had to get back to get ready for the night ceremony, of course. But uh, we appreciate him spending the time that he did. And we, we may call him when he's out there on that golf course or out there at the track or something when he's in Arizona. But uh, great to hear Coach Paul Johnson for sure. Let's get to some phone calls now. Four seven eight six four six espn J-Rad in Macon. How are you, man? Bill, that was a fantastic interview with CPJ. Well, thank you. He he was great. He was very honest, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. I mean, it's, it's so refreshing to hear somebody that doesn't talk coach speak. And he was uh, he was honest and he was revealing and very insightful. Man, I just I loved that interview. And I don't I don't even like you know I hate Tag, but I never hated him <laughs> personally. But that was a great interview. Well, thank you. Now he he's he's always been great with me. He I mean Jay Rand, he knows where my bread's buttered if you know what I'm saying. But he he's always been very good with me and and uh, and I, I respect the hack out of him. He's a great coach and he deserved better than what the his his uh, successor did with the comments and the things. That's for sure. But I, I think we all know what his deal was all about. It was all about him, and uh, that didn't fly too much for sure. But uh, he, he did a great job at Georgia Tech. He had a really good run for 11 years. He, he I know, is proud of that, and he should be. He, you know, it was, a, it was a great run. Yeah, absolutely. Where is uh, – I haven't kept up. Where is Collins now? Is he a defensive coordinator somewhere or what? You know, I'm going to have to Google that uh, because I'm not sure. For a while, he was hanging around Athens as an analyst. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that how long that lasted. I don't know what that was all about. But he he was he was kind of hanging around uh, over there with Kirby, and you know he he's probably one of those guys, Jay Rad, that's a good coach, but just not a good head coach. And I say that he may be a crappy coach for all I know, but uh, and we've talked about it on this show a lot. A lot. A lot. Uh, a lot of times, coaches are really good coaches. I think Arthur Smith from the Falcons. I, I'm not. I can't sit here and say, well, he's not a good coach. I think he was an awful head coach, you know. But um, he is. Oh, that's right. Jeff Collins got the defensive coordinator job at at uh, North Carolina. He replaced Gene Chizik there with. With um, with Mac, oh, uh, S. Eaton Chizik's what I always called him. I can't stand Chizik. 
Yes, him. Yeah, they they ran yeah. him off, and and now that's exactly where Jeff Collins went. That's right. I forgot about that. I heard that, and and but that's where he's at. So I don't know if he'll get another head coaching opportunity. We'll see. But he, um, I guess he took twenty twenty three off, and but I, I think he was hanging around over there in Athens for a while. So I don't know what that was all about. Okay. Well, I um, I will get I will get you a date with Kelly. If Thomas Davis will tackle Skip Sata tomorrow, I'm going to try to make it over there. Wait, so you're assuming that hasn't happened already? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, J-Rat. Have a good weekend. All right, buddy. Thank you. (laughs) 478-646-ESPN. Let's go to Joe in Warner Robins. Hello, Joe. Hey, Mr. Shanks. I'm so excited for you and what what you get to do tonight. I know you've done it in the past, but – It'll it'll just be fabulous. Uh, But I I really, really, really appreciated what I heard about uh, the the conversation, Paul Johnson, and what he he relayed to you about his his talk with Eric Russell. That was the best part of that whole interview for me. That was awesome. That was really good. Really good story. And uh, you you can just – those of us who have been around a long time and have especially if you've been around Eric Russell. I was around him a little bit, not much. You could just imagine everything that CPJ was saying about him. I told you that long, long story a long time ago. I, I, I met Eric Russell back up in Macon before he was – he'd just been named coach at Southern, and he was – I was there at a fundraiser. I didn't have two nickels to rub together, but I wrote a check to him to 50 bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was – that was that was the start of many good things for Georgia Southern football. But that was a oh, great yeah. interview, and I appreciate you doing it. And you had the best well, time you. tonight. And uh, and uh, I know it's going to be a blast. You take care. Okay, Joe. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, it will be a lot of fun. It always is. Uh, again, I, I get to talk about them. It, it, I'm the one that gets to talk about uh, everybody here. So this is the this is a better job than the Saturday night MCs responsibilities really because uh, tomorrow they just I mean John Smoltz who's going to be the MC tomorrow and John's going to be great he's outstanding of course uh, he's going to be a lot of fun especially with Brian coming but John just pretty much introduces them and boom I get to talk about them tonight so it's it's a lot of fun for me to be able to have that opportunity to really talk about them and tell some stories and and to to enjoy the process but look um, you know I, I, I said when coach johnson retired that you know there there he had been there for 11 years and i i've um and skipper's back with this i i've i've always kind of thought you may remember this when i was getting on a certain coach over there in the uh, athens area that 10 years you you kind of have to evaluate things and you know after 10 years even a coach has to evaluate things I, and i go back to steve spurrier uh, 10 years in Athens, I mean, rather in Gainesville, rather, he was like, oh, I don't know if I want to continue doing this like this for an extended period of time. And he left to go to the NFL. And Coach Johnson had been there for, for 11 years, and, and I think some people were wanting more, and I don't think it's any crime to want more as a fan base. Um, okay, we're here. Let, can we get to there? Now, and I've said this many times, they just made a bad hire. 
they, they just made a horrible hire when it came to replacing Coach Paul Johnson. And, you know, not that Paul Johnson was – was a national champion or or a perennial champion, but he had done enough to where you've got to respect what was being done. And, okay, and again, try to do better than what Coach Paul Johnson did. You know, I've always said, you know, any employee, if you – if they go, if they leave, you want to try to do better the next time. So, okay. You know, whatever whatever Brian Snicker does, I hope the next person does better. Whatever Kirby Smart does, I hope the next person can do even better. No matter how impossible it may be, but you always hope you don't want to go down. You don't you don't I don't think that they hired Jeff Collins with the idea that it was going to tumble out of control. That wasn't their purpose. And and Coach Paul Johnson had been there for eleven years, just like, okay, let's see what can happen now. But they just hired the wrong guy. You know, it was just a – I don't know what – and what I never really got, especially after we saw what the guy was doing, Skipper, and I mentioned this when Coach was here, you go from one end of the spectrum as far as personality to the other. And, you know, because there was no pretense, no bull crap, no nothing about Paul Johnson. He was as genuine – right here with us in the last hour on and off air as he was on the football field. I mean, it's just the way he was. And you go from that to a BS artist, to to someone who just doesn't look like they have any genuineness at all in their in their body. And that that was that was the wrong move. That was the and I know it's hard. It's hard to replace a coach. It's hard. It's not an easy thing. I think we we feel like it is because we have all the answers out here, but it's not easy. But damn, that was that was a horrible, horrible move. Yeah, I, and it was, and that was, you know, I mentioned uh, I mentioned Bill Lewis. I mean, he's in that class. He was he's. I think he won a couple more games than Lewis, but at least I think Lewis believed what came out of his mouth. I don't believe that with Jeff Collins for a second, you know, and. Georgia Tech does have tradition, and Georgia Tech has a culture, had a culture already. It didn't need this new money down 404. It didn't need all of that, you know? All they needed was to win. And uh, it was was bad. And looking back on it, you know, I, I tried, and you know this, I tried to give him every single possible benefit of the doubt. And then... When I was done, I was done. You know, uh, I was. I thought it was time to get rid of Chan Gailey. You know, I was not calling for his head, but I thought it was time to get rid of Gailey. I did not think it was time to get rid of Johnson. And uh, no, I fe- but I think I think you won't disagree with my thought of you know after a certain amount of time, you do kind of evaluate things on both sides. You do the the team, the program. And the coach and say, okay, because and because I, I said this with Mark Rick, I remember Russ getting on to me about this. This was in two thousand nine, and they had had a bad year, lost in the whatever bowl to UCF, and it was embarrassing. And I'm like, you know, when he crosses that ten year bridge, 
and people start thinking, okay, it's been X amount of years since we've won a conference championship. We've never won a national championship. You know, the expectations are very high. Well, you're, you're 10. The longer you go past your 10, it's like the volume is turned up louder to where the pressure that's always on 10, but it's, it's even more so because you, you get into a conversation like what Georgia had, and that is, well, how long are we going to only be here when I want them to be there? And I think after any type of coach crosses that 10-year bridge, for lack of a better term, it, it, it just gets more difficult. So I always understand when there's some kind of change in that regard around that time frame. Um, but they just hired the wrong guy. Well, in his case, if they had spent the money that they started spending and the money that they're spending now. No question. He'd still be there probably. Yeah, and I wanted to get into that, but we I had to get him back. We we, we had to get him yeah. back there, of course. But, I mean, I, because I would like to hear his thoughts on that. That was an entertaining ride. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But I, I, I think, obviously, um, the limitations, even of what he was talking about with the transfer. That's, that's just – That's ridiculous. Because you know what? It, it, I tell you what, now – in 2024, teams, well, schools have got to decide if they're going to be in the football business or not. And can you imagine with the way the transfer portal is now, having one yeah, or having crazy. three in 10, 11 years? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you can't do no. it. But you, you've got to decide as an institution what you want out of athletics. It's not about just supplying a way for players or for student athletes to play a certain sport. That's not good enough. <laughs> because you know what? There are intramural teams on every campus, whether they've got a great football team in college football or not. You've got to decide whether you're going to be in the football business or not. And I, I think, you know, I, I've always wanted Georgia Tech to be better in football because of the prospects of what that game in November can be and and thinking that you know why would you not want to have a an event on campus that does for any type of other institution that like it does in Athens that's just unbelievable to come back to for 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 alumni for fans for people who love your university there's nothing better to come back to than for a football game Nothing, you know. I mean, I mean, baseball, basketball. I know there's other sports, but when you go on a Saturday, like we do so often, yep. and you get up on a Saturday morning and you drive to wherever your institution is and your favorite team, and you drive and you hear that band and you hear that that buzz, no pun intended, and you hear everything that goes into the atmosphere of college football, you cannot beat it. And why you wouldn't want to try to take that and make that a premier responsibility for your school to be the best it can be is is stupid, to be honest with you. And as much as we've loved the Falcons in the past, pro football doesn't do that for no, me. No. You know, now I think up north it's a different story, but you know, college football's king down here. And it just it just is. And it is special, and it is different, and it is electric, 
and it is talked about 12 months a year. And it is, it is, uh, it's very sad what I think it has become in the last couple of years. And looking forward, I don't see a way out of it. I only see it getting sadder and worse. And it, it kind of breaks my heart to think that there may be a day coming in the next several years when I don't give a crap. You know? Well, I think it's also sad when when Georgia Tech cannot understand that there can be a happy medium of I understand you want to get good scholar athletes and you want to get players who are smart who can add to your institution from an academic standpoint, but every school in America has to do some balancing when it comes to allowing football players to come. Well, I think the new – president he's been there about four years now i think he wants to win i think he's much more in tune with it than the ones who preceded him is that where the allowances are coming from yeah more things yes because again in this environment they can't they'll they'll be 0 and 12 if they can't do some of the things and i've seen him from a distance at a couple of games and i actually met him last year and uh when i've seen the other ones they looked very much like you would expect the president of Georgia Tech to look mm. kind of dour, you know. My nerd. Classy. My nerd. Not, no, just they, say they, it. They weren't nerds. Just they say were, it, a nerd. They were just, they looked like rocket scientists. And they a acted nerd. like rocket scientists. You don't and, want uh, to say it. I'll say it for you, Skipper. A this nerd. guy is personable. He, he laughs. He enjoys himself. And I thought, well, Wow. That's a different guy. <laughs> now, he also happens to be Puerto Rican. but uh, Oh, yeah, that's the problem. He really is. That's know? the thing. I that's right, that, Cabrera, right? I, I thought that was kind of cool. You know? Oh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's all it is about. You're, he's just he, Puerto Rican. You know, and I, and I thought this about him before I met him, but he, just, he looks and he comports himself differently. He, he seems approachable, you know, and hopefully that is going to fall over into some of the athletic programs. But I'm going to tell you, I've said this a thousand times. I don't want Georgia Tech to give up the academics for football or baseball or any other sport. I want them to keep that strong, and they can. They can. But to do that, I mean, because football players, you know, contrary to a lot of people's popular belief who never played the game or don't spend time around them, they're not stupid. You know, they're not just big, dumb, stupid jocks. Football is an incredibly complex sport. And, you know, we had that little team over there in Columbus. And that's when I really started realizing just how complex it was because I used to sit on a lot of the meetings. You're not stupid. If you can get out there and do the things that they do, you can understand trigonometry. You can do calculus. You know, you can pass at a school like Georgia Tech. Now, you may need some tutoring, but they got that covered. All you got to have now is – pay them enough money in the NIL to get them to want to come in there and do that. Right. And that's a problem. Well, that's a problem for everybody. But I, I, I just think if I'm Brent Key, I don't leave the Georgia border. To recruit? <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't. I'm, there's, I, enough, there's enough here. I, I mean, again, and I, I – born in Waycross, worked in Brunswick and Macon, and have even been to a Brookwood High School football game. In Atlanta, there's so much talent in this state. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's the God's truth. I mean, it, it, it's just I, – I remember 
joking with Chris Hatcher, our good friend uh, who's now at Samford when he was at Georgia Southern. We were joking about kind of getting the leftovers from Georgia, Georgia and Georgia Tech. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you want the leftovers <laughs> in this state from Georgia and Georgia Tech? Well, enough. So I think I've told you this before, and I said on the air, but like C.J. Allen. C.J.'s from, from Lamar County. Right. And I watched him play. And I think I'm a reasonably good judge of talent. But I watch C.J., and I'm thinking, he's pretty good. But whenever they were talking about, oh, he's this good, he goes to Georgia, Alabama, I'm going, he's not that good. And he was, and he is, and he's going to be a star at Georgia, I believe. He's he's pretty darn close now. But what that told me even more than you don't know talent if it's staring you in the face is if he did not shine more than I saw him, man, there had to be some really good people playing a ball in the state of Georgia for him not to just – dominate every game he was in on both sides of the ball. Yeah. You know? So the talent in this state is enormous. Well, when Roquan Smith came to Macon to play Northeast High School, he was with, of course, Macon County. And I was still shooting football then on Friday nights. I don't shoot anymore. I just, you know, I'm the anchor monster now, the Chuck Daddle. I just sit there and read the stuff. I didn't think Roquan showed me anything. Yeah. And I'm here like, oh, what's the big deal? You know, well, he's a five-star prospect. He's just the – well, he's one of the best football players to play defense at the University of Georgia in their history. Ever, right. I mean, he was he was ridiculous. He was like a – he was a beast, you know, kind of like Thomas Davis who's here tonight. And – and but it's – you know, that's Macon County. And folks in Macon County, listen to us. That ain't the biggest high school in the state. No. That's for damn sure, right? And they had this kid – there's a kid in, in Sly County, right next to Macon County right now. Five-star prospect, I think, for the upcoming year. I may be wrong. But it's like he's at Sly County. I don't give a damn where he's at. I, I just I have tremendous faith in the talent in this state and know how good it is. And, and it's like, man, I just I, – I think Georgia Tech can be good if they don't get too fancy and just stay here. I wish I'd asked him about, and I was going to ask him on the way back, about one that I did pick, and he was good, was Julian Burnett. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> when he, I watched the play North, I don't remember who they were playing, and he got blocked. He went down on the ground, got up, got hit again, did a 360, met the running back at the line, and, and tackled him. He never, <clears throat> he never made the line. And when he tackled the running back, he tackled the center and the running back. I'm like, what in the hell did I just see? You know. And then he had the you know the injury. injury that, yeah. which it was, I think it was genetic. But I, he's a great player. That was that was the most unbelievable defensive play I've ever seen in high school football. I, I, if we'd have more time, I would ask him about that because the story I heard was that Julian, I'm not kidding now, wanted to go to Athens. Because yes. he was, he was. Um, oh my God, I can't think of his name now. My Lord, he was, he was like, um, oh, the linebacker. He's got, a, I mean, he's got, I got his phone number in my daggum phone now. I can't remember his name. Anyway, so over uh, undersized linebacker who was a hard hitting son of a gun, and 
the story I heard was, and I think I told you this, that Julian wanted to go to Georgia. And Robert Davis, who, of course, for those of you who don't know, Robert Davis is a Hall of Fame um, Hall, of, Hall of Fame coach, won a national championship at Warner Robins in 1976 and then went to Westside here in Macon and was a tremendous coach, unbelievable coach. I loved Robert. He was great. Robert called up to Athens and said, I won't tell you to who, well, to Mark Rick, well, I got a kid down here who's like your linebacker. God almighty, what is the name of that kid? Rennie Curran. He was like Rennie Curran, an undersized linebacker. And Robert Davis told Mark Rick, story I heard, I got a kid that's like Rennie Curran. His name is Julian Burnett. And so, again, story I heard. Mark Rick said, well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know if we can get him. I don't know if our coaches like him enough, so forth and so on. And Robert Davis hung up the phone and turned around and called Paul Johnson. And because it was Robert Davis who told Paul Johnson, this kid's like Rennie Curran, Paul Johnson offered him a scholarship on the spot. That's what I heard. And, you know – <laughs> you, li- you listen to Robert Davis. Right, absolutely. I mean, you and I know him and knew him. God bless him. But, I mean, yeah, you listen to and, – and there are coaches around this state. Clinch County, you know. Uh, of course, I know where county. It's like, I don't give a damn how you, – you're not going to listen to Charlton County's coach because they're in Folkestone, Georgia, and they're in single A? Well, you these coaches, their reputation is on the line when they do that. Right. You know, so – you got to know the coach, but you realize they're not going to steer you wrong because they're not going to get the what they need next time. And if they get that kid to Georgia and he's good, they're going to get other kids who are parents like, yeah, let's move over here and take a job over here and play ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in South Georgia, there's a lot of, hey, we'll give you a job if you'll bring your kid here. Yeah. We're going to take a break. NIL's in high school. We're going to take, yeah, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum. Again, if you want to. Jump in, you can, 478-646-ESPN. We are talking sports and taking your phone calls on this Friday. More right after this. on the broadcast here from the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, possum getting us into the weekend. We appreciate you listening to our program. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can at 478-646-ESPN. Brian McCann's not going to make it. Uh, I, don't, I don't want him to rush. He's got to come back for the ceremony. And he is uh, he's in traffic, so uh, we, we apo- I apologize for that. I'm going to have Brian on. He, I know he'll do a show with me. Uh, just sit and talk for for about an hour, so we'll do that soon, and you'll enjoy that. Uh, the The interview with Paul Johnson will be online. Thesuperstations.com. I know Chris is uh, either getting it or, or has it on the uh, 
website already at thesuperstations.com. But if you missed the interview earlier with Coach Paul Johnson, it'll be on there. Uh, Dino, a tech fan, uh, and Chris says it is on the website. Dino, a tech fan, says, uh, I'm the opposite. I wanted Chan to stay, but I thought it was time for CPJ to go. But Collins, a ridiculous hire, no question about that. Um, it was. It was It was rough. But, um, um, yeah, Dino, thank you. I enjoyed that. Bobby says, can you possibly tweet out the autograph guests you mentioned on air that are not in this year's class? Yes, I'll try to do that. Maybe tonight, Bobby, that I'll do that, but I, I will um, – I'll try to do that. Um, my computer wire died, so I don't have my computer with me, unfortunately. So I just am on my phone. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's that story. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to tweet out the the list a little bit later on. Four seven eight six four six ESPN is our number. ESPN, of course, six four six three seven seven six. So we'd love to hear from you. Again, we'll have the Georgia baseball game on in Macon, Warner Robins, and Savannah. And then the uh, Hawks game on after that. For Brunswick, you'll have the Hawks game at 7 o'clock. So the Hawks and the Raptors from Atlanta will be on at 7 o'clock. I was trying to look to see uh, a baseball score. Alex, you may have to help me with a score on the the Yellow Jackets. I was trying to find a score on with the Bulldogs from their game with the, um, um, well, I guess the game is over. Uh, oh, Alex, Alex is left for the Mercer game. Georgia won today over whoever they're playing. <laughs> Northern Kentucky, I think it was. Northern Kentucky. 15-5 um, to five is the final score. So another big win for the um, um, for the Bulldogs. They're now 5-0 and oh on the year. So that's great. Good to have, have that uh, win for the Dogs. And they continue to, to do well. So uh, there you go. Got, um, I've got Tech two to two, top of the fifth against Cornell, and Cornell has the bases loaded with two outs, and um, Cornell just went ahead. And Cornell in the in Pennsylvania, yeah, they're up that way somewhere. <laughs> they ain't around here, no. that's for sure. <laughs> they're not local boys. No, they're not. All right, four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's get to a phone call here. Will in North Carolina joins us. Hey, Will. Hey, Bill. Uh, I'm going to call real quick before we head into the weekend, and uh, you can thank Tennessee for blowing up the NCAA. I mean, <laughs> this news has come out. I just have got home and turned on ESPN, and it uh, seems that. Uh, we might be headed in the direction of uh, no NCAA at all. Have you seen it? Well, I, look, I, I I think that this is a period of transition. I don't think we can guess nor predict and have any idea what's going to happen. I, I wouldn't want to because I, I don't know how you can. I mean, it, there's no telling what's going to happen. The NCAA is probably on live support right now, and I'm fine with that. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, from what was recorded, that's that kind of is what gets to me. I mean, the, uh, with everything that's going on, and just from you know, I don't know 100 percent the fact, but I'm saying if it was all all this is because of just a plane ride to get that uh, new code to school or whatever just to check it out i mean there's a lot of more things going on but i mean 
I think it's only a matter of time this summer, maybe by even a year. That you know, uh, I've heard there's rumors that the um, that uh, at Penn State or somebody, their football team or Northwestern was uh, trying to boycott and get paid. So I mean, uh, I, I'll give it a year or so until all this just blows up. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Tennessee is. Uh, uh, really fighting this stuff, and I, I kind of see this setting it in motion. So we'll see. What what uh, Will's referring to about an hour ago, it came down that a federal judge in Tennessee has granted a preliminary injunction on uh, that prohibits the NCAA from punishing any athlete or boosters for negotiating a name, image, and likeness deal during their recruiting process or while they are in the transfer portal. The injunction is not a final ruling in the case, but the judge's decision will likely have an immediate and dramatic impact on how NIL deals are used in the recruiting process. The NCAA, the NCAA's prohibition likely violates federal antitrust laws and harms student-athletes. And we knew that was the, that was the catchword, right, Skipper? I mean, when they, when they went down the, NI, rather the antitrust road and opened up that battle that that changes everything yep everything i mean because then you're talking about employment contracts you're talking about unionization possibilities you're talking about all sorts of better be careful tennessee will win that lawsuit all right we're back sorry about that cut out uh probably more at&t crap blame china but anyway (laughs) um sorry about that but yeah i mean i think that's a very interesting thing for sure all right let's get to some other phone calls will thank you very much for calling us rob in grovania is next hey rob nice to hear from you hey bill thanks for taking my call yes sir uh, i just want to make three comments and whether you have any opinions on them or not i just want to air them out uh two of them are kind of late but I really want to thank you for recognizing the Perry Panthers for their football championship. Perry is the closest high school to me. I consider it my home high school. It's where my son went to school. And I really appreciate you recognizing them for their achievement. No, well, Kevin Smith's a great coach. I'm so happy for him and everybody in Perry. It, I think it was only a matter of time before that program kind of busted out, and they certainly did the last few years. And, boy, just want a great run, and I hope, I hope it continues just weird because you know my son's been out of that school for over 15 years you go to the perry rec department there's football trophies all over the place you went to the middle schools there's football trophies all over the place and it never translated to high school with the exception of the casey hayward jared fluellen years and even then they only made it to the quarterfinals Mm -hmm. so happy about that uh number two uh college football bowl games I kind of disagree with you on too many bowl games because the way I look at it, that's two more weeks of college football. And a lot of those bowl games are pretty good. Yeah, there were a couple blowouts. And then the last thing is, is I'm getting really excited for the Braves meeting up and getting ready to start the season because for six months out of the year, I know I could turn on the radio every, pretty much every night and be able to be entertained with the baseball game. Absolutely. No question. Rob, thank you very much. We, we appreciate it. Um, and, well, uh, you know, the bowl game thing, that obviously kind of came out of the blue. But um, I just don't think that six and six teams that aren't winning teams should be rewarded. 
that's my biggest problem with that. Yeah, and I I tend to agree with that. I mean, the fans, they don't show up. You know, all it is is a TV opportunity. And, yeah, you get a couple weeks of practice, which may make you better the following year. But as long as somebody's making some money off of it, it's going to happen. You know, the problem is you can get kids injured, you know, and it gives them two more weeks for that to happen. But uh, I would – my prediction is there will be more bowl games instead of less, and it will keep getting all the way down, you know. Bill and Uh, Skip's – Azalea Bowl. Kind of like that. We could do that. We could do it in Full Valley. We're going to take a break, come back. uh, Henderson Stadium. We can take a break and come back. And uh, we got one on hold. Chuck's on hold. He wants to talk about the Braves. We'll do that and have more phone calls, more sports talk on this Friday from the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame in downtown Macon right after this. After 5 o'clock on Friday, 5.48, as a matter of fact, we're talking sports, taking your phone calls. Wet Willie, a little weekend music right there. Let's go to Chuck in Savannah. Hello, Chuck. And earlier to you uh, talking about Max Freed and the uh, possibilities of him signing him, and I was just wondering what your thoughts were, especially with uh, with Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery not signing I believe the longer that uh, they hold out, it actually helps our chances. To sign Max Freed? That is correct because, I mean, that's going to drop the price on uh, Snell and Montgomery. And then also we're going to hold a uh, qualifying offer on uh, Freed as well. Well, those are Scott Boer's clients for the most part. I think that's partly the reason why he – they haven't signed yet, and so they probably need to come back down to reality of their asking price. But, I, you know, the big problem they have with Max is the Dodgers are licking their chops, Chuck. I mean, I, there's no question in my mind. They're smart enough to know exactly who Max Free grew up rooting for. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be ready to pounce if he leaves Atlanta to, to sign Max Free and add him to that rotation with Otani and – Yamamoto and and Glass now next year. So, um, and, and you know, Max has got to show what he can do this year. There's no question about it. If he goes out and has a Cy Young type season. There's no telling what his price tag is going to be. There's no telling. Uh, I mean, he he may be thirty plus million. He may be like Garrett Cole, maybe something like that. It, it, I mean, because again, his winning percentage and his ERA. He's got a career ERA of three point oh three. Nobody has that anymore. <laughs> That's very unusual to have that low of an ERA. So, um, you know, maybe may, maybe it'll make a little things differently with some free agency moving forward. But I, I just think, I mean, like I did with Freddie a couple years ago, 
if Max leaves, he's going to the Dodgers. I mean, I know he will. Everybody knows he will. I just kind of wonder, you know, what we offered, supposedly what we offered Aaron Nola. I believe I heard some numbers of six years and 172 or something. I don't know whether that's true or not. But, uh, I mean, I'd much rather have Freed. And you would think we would have offered something close to that, maybe not as long as as far as as many years, but at least um, the AAV of 27. I'm with you. Uh, Chuck, thanks for for joining us. I appreciate the call. They offered um, six years, $27 million a year, which is $172 million for Aaron Nola of the Phillies. He obviously did not take – he was almost going to take it. He was, it was close now. I think it was closer than people think. He, he didn't want to admit that when he talked to Gabe Burns at the AJC last week. But um, six years, $27 million. If they offered it to Nola, why wouldn't they offer it to Freed? Well, I don't know that they haven't offered it to Freed. Neither Max nor Alex are going to say whether they've made an offer or not. I don't know why you wouldn't give Max Freed the same offer of six years, $27 million a year. Um, will Max want that? I don't know. Um, you know, Max may be saying all the right things right now, but he may want to go home. But he's a different kind of bird, too. You know, I mean, he, mentally, yeah. he's a different kind of guy, you know. Does the fact that Acuna came out the other day, and I mean, I don't think he's just bumping his gums and said he wants to finish his career as a Brave and that they're going to have to re-sign him. It's going to be a couple of years, but still, does that enter into this thinking? Yeah, I said that yesterday. I said, you know, you have to wonder if, if Max is not re-signed and you got Charlie coming off the books, you got A.J. Minter coming off the books, you got Marcelo Zuna possibly coming off the books – well, they do it then, but they don't have to do it because, I mean, Ronald Acuna has got three years left on his contract and two option years. He's got five years left, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. <laughs> so they don't have to do anything if they don't want to. But he he has gotten much more mature in the last year, if not last two years, but really the last year. But you don't want to do anything to make him feel disrespected. This guy is – this guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is the player of a generation, you know, even with Otani in the mix and Trout. This is my guy, yeah. you know. You don't want to lose him. You don't want to lose him. No. You know, like they were about Chipper. I'm taking this guy all day oh, over yeah. Chipper. Yeah, there's no question. You know, so, close, really. It's no, really it's not. Close. It's not for me. No. Now, but when that happens, guess what? Who's your next player of a generation? Riley. Yeah, but he's but not, they've already signed him. And, but he's and, sti- but I mean he's in that same thing in a few right. years, you know. But sure, he's still not Acuna. No, no, Acuna's the best player in baseball. There's no, no question. question. Let's get to another phone call. Chris in Savannah wants <clears throat> to talk a little Braves baseball. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hey, doing good, Bill. I appreciate you taking my call, man. Uh, yes, sir. Thank you. Just talking, talking Braves pitchers. Um, am I crazy to be wondering why in the world we're we're not giving uh, Trevor Bauer a shot? I mean. You throw him on this rotation, I mean, I don't see how the Braves are not a World Series favorite by a, a good margin. And, I mean, I've listened to a couple of interviews. I mean, he's willing to place to play for nothing. Yeah. Get people to give him a chance. And, and I, I think he could definitely help this ball team. I really well, do. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, I love Trevor Bauer on the mound. I think the kid's unbelievably good. I agree. He's just got a bad reputation. Uh, and he's not able to lick that right now, and I hate that for him because I think he was 
I think he got the raw deal with that situation with that girl. It doesn't mean that the reputation is not there, even besides that incident, that have kept other teams away from him. He does have a bad reputation. And and I heard the interview that he did with that comedian, and I was extremely impressed. Would I sign him, Chris? Yes. I would in a heartbeat because I'm with you. You sign that guy, screw the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, forget about it. It's, it's not even close. What but, kind of teammate is he? Well, I, I think – you know, one of his teammates have come out and said he was a great teammate, but I, I think there's a little bit of a dis- discussion about that. And, you know, he sounded more mature now when in the interview, and I like that. Again, I would sign him in a heartbeat. I would have already signed him. But I, I think, you know, did Alex Anthopoulos consider it and go to Brian Snicker and or any of the players and say, well, what do you think? He would do that sort of thing. He wouldn't just say, oh, we're signing Trevor Bauer. He would talk to Max Freed, talk to Spencer Strider, talk to Charlie Morton, Aaron Sell, say, what do you think? And did that happen? And they say, heck no. I don't know. But, you know, the other nobody else has signed him either. And I think it's a shame because he was given a raw deal. He is one of the best pitchers, I think, in the sport. Um, you and I, you don't remember this, but you and I went to go see him when he was with Arizona because he was the one that got on the outfield warning track and would throw the ball to the other outfield warning track and lawn tossed. Do you remember I do that? I remember that too because we were like, wow. Because I wanted to see him. I had heard about him. And so I think he's an unbelievable pitcher. He's just got a bad reputation and it's costing him, but he's mature. I hope someone gives him a shot. I'd be shocked if it was Atlanta. Um, maybe he's going to have to wait until someone goes down. But, no, Chris, you're right. There's no question. If he were if he were signed by the Braves, my gosh, it's over with. I mean, that you can just go ahead and print your World Series tickets for crying out loud. And I say that in jest, but he's an awesome talent. Don't forget Hall of Fame tomorrow, 1 o'clock, the Fan Fest right here on Cherry Street in downtown Macon. You're listening to The Bill Shanks Show.